Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast IDP Edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And it's going to be another great show today because not only are we getting ready for the fantasy playoffs, but I have a fantastic guest joining me today from Fantasy Six Pack. The very cool, very smart Mace Riney is in the house. Mace, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, hey, thanks for reaching out, uh, finally linking up. I've always uh, listened to the show, or at least this year I've been rocking with you guys. So it's really a true honor to come on, and not only just in general, but the week that playoff starts, pretty big week for most people, including myself. That's normally the week where the fantasy gods poop on me and I you know, get out. So try to try to help some people avoid that today. Yeah, we're going to try to avoid the poop showers from the fantasy gods uh, this week, hopefully, because, yeah, I, I hear you, man. It, it happens. I, we're, I'm in, I know I'm at least in a lot of leagues, and, and there's always at least a couple where you just can't believe that um, you, you lost a certain uh, – way but it's it's bound to happen so the best we can do is get people prepped and ready and give them the information that we have available to us and help them set their lineups to the most optimal way and that's what we're going to do today so we're going to go um game by game as usual we got a full slate this week no more bye weeks um so i'll make sure to put all the timestamps in the episode description as always so people again can jump around find the games we're looking for We'll cover all the main storylines for each team, um, focus on favorite, least favorite matchups. We've got the matchup-based visuals for the YouTube crowd. Um, for YouTube, uh, again, if you're watching on there, don't forget to like and subscribe. We really do appreciate that a lot. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably drop a, like a little start-sit thread in the, the YouTube comment as well so people can respond to that again. I think um, I think that was helpful as well. So um, other than that, we'll have the link to the IDP rankings on pff.com and the link to the PFF IDP fantasy report in the episode description as well. So with all that said, we will do a quick ad break and then we will get into the week 15 slate. Um, and this is from our friends at uh, Fabric by Gerber Life, our presenting sponsor here. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to um, pr protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Mace, we are going to get into it here, and we'll start off, as we always do, with Thursday night football. It is the Los Angeles Chargers, who will be without Justin Herbert, without Keenan Allen, without Joey Bosa, more importantly for the IDP folks, uh, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders, who um, I they didn't have a lot of stars to begin with outside of Max Crosby. So where do you want to get uh, started with uh, with this game? Yeah, Thursday night football just does not disappoint, right? They just they just keep the ball rolling. I think they maybe had one or two games this year. But um, I, I just want to start in secondary. I mean, we know what we're getting with the defensive line. It's Max Crosby, whether he's doubtful or questionable or whateverable. He's probably going to play, right? He's the first guy I've ever seen since I've been playing fantasy that was doubtful and then came on the field. So yeah. uh, we kind of know what we're getting there. The linebacker, Spillane, I feel like is a start at Diablo in certain cases. But uh, with this 11 games, he's done fairly well this year tackling and whatnot. But I want to kind of go on to uh, – the safeties, Trayvon Mowry, 
He's actually kind of been a silent sleeper um, going through getting some tackles and stuff this year. A lot of people looking at Hobbs and two position leagues and uh, rightfully so. But at the same time, looking at Morig, his numbers aren't bad. He's fairly decent in coverage. He's even getting a couple of pressures this year. He's got a sack as well. So um, if you're on, if you're starving on the waiver wire, even though I know they're, we got a full slate this, uh, this week, um, still kind of look his way, DBCU, DB3. I like it. Yeah, Merrick's been solid for sure. And like you said, this is really kind of the first year for him in, in IDP relevancy as well, right? He's always kind of played that deep safety role and hasn't really moved from that spot. Um, this year's moved around a little bit more and it's it's created some more um, IDP production for him. So yeah, been been uh, been very solid IDP. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's a pretty straightforward defense to, to figure out for IDP purposes. Um, yeah, Max Crosby. I mean, again, I, now I think 13 and a half sacks on the year was dealing with the knee injury. They were talking about him not playing any for the rest of the season. They were going to try to shut him down. I don't think that's going to happen. He seems to be want to be out there. And as long as he's still breathing, as he would say, he's still playing. And that means he's going to be in our IDP lineup. So we love that for sure. Um, it is a short week for, for them, for the Raiders, obviously. So I do wonder if maybe they'll give him a few more snaps off than usual, which means he just basically isn't playing 100% of snaps. He's probably playing closer to 90, which is still an unreal number for a defensive lineman. So still no concerns for Max Crosby. Um, on the Chargers side of things, as pretty another defense that's a kind of straightforward as well. Is there anybody for the Chargers for you that kind of stands out as, as a, a favorite? I mean, Derwin James, a safety Cleo Mack has been excellent this year. Kenneth Murray's been solid. Anybody that um, that you want to go into a little bit deeper here? Um, I mean, not really. I, I do want to give props to Kenneth Murray Jr., at least for the IDP side of things. Um, kind of struggled last couple of years, didn't really find his role or anything like that. Maybe he's kind of coming to now. So it's kind of nice to see that. Um, Tuli to uh, pull. Little two, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty good. That's okay, pretty good. Yeah. Butchered that pretty bad. Um, if you have to get a guy to spot start, I, I feel like he might be the guy here. Uh, rookie quarterback, and the Raiders might be without their starting running back as well, and they're without their starting coach of the season too. So it's just a right. mess all around. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I think he'll be lining up against Jermaine Illuminor as well. And like you said, Aiden O'Connell, it sounds like will be the starting quarterback for this game. Um, and yeah, Khalil Mack, I mean, I know he didn't get the sacks last week, but the guy's still leading the NFL in sacks. So he'll have a nice matchup here against, uh, I think it's Thayer Munford or something like that. Um, their, their left tackle, I don't even really know who that Did is. Did he have but... a handful of sacks the last time they played? Did he have that, yeah. that was like his first big one too? Or like his yeah, like five yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> gotta like, yeah, gotta like uh, Khalil Max chances to add to that sack total this week. But um, yeah, Chargers defense, we know pretty much who they are. Uh, I mean, if you look at the matchups too, like the the Raiders giving up the twenty six most tackles to the safety position, so not ideal for for Derwin James. But he's not leaving your lineup. It's probably more a case where we're not really as interested in somebody like an Alohi Gilman, for example. So um, it's not somebody that needs to be in lineups this week. Um, but yeah, man, that that does it for that Thursday night football game, which I'm sure will be uh, an instant classic. Um, <laughs> let's go on to the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and we'll start with uh, the Bengals side of things. So 
let me change the slide there. Yeah, we'll start with the Bengals side of things. And I guess just the linebackers really quickly. I mean, Logan's, Logan Wilson's been really solid all year long. He's he's a starter in, in IDP leagues across the board. But um, Jermaine Pratt's probably the only one that that's kind of on the fringes of starting for some people. But nice matchup here against Minnesota, giving up the seventh most tackles per game to the linebacker position. The only real thing to be concerned about with Jermaine Pratt is the fluctuating snap share he goes between 80 and 90 for 95 percent of snaps on any given week um and we've seen that kind of create some inconsistencies in his production he's had multiple double digit tackle games he's had a few stinkers with just two or three tackles in a game as well and the lower snap share is a big reason for that so jermaine pratt probably still more in that lb3 range even in a nice matchup just because the potential for a lower snap share but um still really like him he's been solid when he does get those snaps we just don't necessarily know exactly when they're going to come so um that's the linebackers. Dax Hill, another one that we're starting. Um, he's been excellent this year. The only other one is Jordan Battle. Um, so Jordan Battle is the starter there technically, but still waiting on that 100% snap share uh, game from him. They, they seem to still want to put Nick Scott out there for a handful of snaps. Um, so we're just kind of waiting for them to heat Nick Scott into oblivion. Um, at, but yeah, uh, before we could fully trust Jordan Battle, but he'll be fine in deeper leagues. And yeah, other than that, I mean... Trey Hendrickson, for sure. He's been excellent. 90.2 pass rush grade on the year, 13 and a half sacks. He is going up against Christian Derrissaw this week, who is our second highest graded offensive tackle overall and as a pass blocker, but should be a nice matchup to watch. I think you're still starting Trey Hendrickson just for the talent and uh, potential as as a pass rusher alone and uh, Sam Hubbard in the, the lower end of DT or edge two range for me um, this week. How about you for the, the Bengals? Anything else? Did I miss anything? Um, no, yeah, I wanted to shout out Hendrickson. I mean, obviously, the writing's on the wall with him. You know what you get, but he's on a five-game sack streak, and then last game, I think he had two. So, yeah. um, like you said, you can't help but throw him in there. Also, uh, B.J. Hill up against Brandle. That might be, uh, you know, nice. they might have to bring an extra person over for Hendrickson, clear up Hubbard one-on-one, and then you have B.J. Hill just lighten it up. I know the Vikings like to run up the middle, but they're also kind of hurt at running back as well, so. Nice. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, we we don't know what we're going to get out of Nick Mullins at quarterback either. Right. So we don't really have like a, a pressure to sack conversion rate on him this yeah. year, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of reacts to the Bengals ability to bring some pressure there with Hendrickson. And like you said, he'll nice little um, pocket collapse there in the middle for those DT required leagues. On the uh, Minnesota Vikings side of things, uh, Ivan Pace Jr. has continued to be excellent since he's taken over as a full-time starter. Highest graded rookie linebacker this season, 80.2 overall grade, highest in coverage as well, 84.7. Not really close either. He's just been excellent. Um, This is a guy that now has sacks in back-to-back games as well, which is just, again, the beauty of his fit in this Brian Flores defense. We saw that a ton at Cincinnati last year. He had 12 sacks. Sacks in college on top of 120 tackles. They blitzed him a ton. Flores using him very similarly there this year with 80 pass rush attempts on the year out of uh, 316 pass down snaps. So that's a 25% blitz rate for Ivan Pace. um, And he definitely has the potential to get home with those sacks. So that combined with the 100% snap share in his own heavy defense makes him a nice tackler as well. Love Ivan Pace. I think I have him as LB14 this week, even though it's a, a basically a neutral matchup against the Bengals. Yeah, I think I have him at uh, LB19 or something like nice. that as well. But, I mean, how could you not? Like, didn't he – wasn't he IVP or LB1 at least last week? Like, he had a monster, monster week. 
Um, I also wanted to shout out DJ Wanham. He's up against yeah. uh, Williams, who has seven sacks this year. So uh, maybe they can create something going like that. Uh, nice. Daniel Hunter, like you said, straight beast. Um, Bynum having an amazing season as well. Kind of um, over taking the spotlight away from uh, Harrison Smith, although Harrison Smith has been decent for some games. And then they also have um, uh, Metecu. How do you say it? Me Meculus. Oh, Metellus. Yeah. Yeah, Metellus. Sorry. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a nice guy to kind of rotate in there. I'm dude. I'm absolutely horrible with names, so I'll do my best here. But yeah, man, he's a he's another guy playing slot and also rotating there in safety as well. So uh, a big play guy, shutdown guy. Yeah, I, I love Josh Metellus. He's been such a fun player. He's they're they're rolling all three safeties out there for 100 yeah. percent of snaps. And like you said, he'll play in the slot, plays a ton in the box. So yeah. um he he's really my favorite of the group here. This at least this week. I have him at safety 10. Bynum's right there at safety 12. So um Harrison Smith a little bit farther behind at safety oh. 25, but um not really somebody that you're you're fading for any particular reason, um, other than there's three of them there. So um other than that. Decent matchup for the corners. The the Bengals given up the ninth most tackles per game to the cornerback position, but Byron Murphy's the probably the most interesting one for the Vikings for me this week. Um, I have a, a CB twenty three, so nothing too crazy there. Um, all right, yeah, let's go to the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Mace, are, yeah, where where do you want to start with uh, with this game? Um. Miles Garrett, I guess, just kind of knocking it out of the way. I still have him in my top, and I think I might have him as, like, DL4. I know that the offense for the Bears has kind of been picking up speed, but at the same time, Justin Fields does hold on to the ball a lot, I feel like, to extend the play and really runs around. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to start Miles Garrett, but it could go anywhere. Delpit just hit IR, and then there's another lineman that I wanted to talk about, and I think he just hit IR too. So I don't even know if they're going to have a whole team. They got Juan Thornhill, who's also questionable. Um, Rodney McLeod is on IR, so I don't I don't really know what these guys are going to be doing, man. Um, yeah. yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it's it sucks that Delpit is on IR because he's been he's been really solid this year for us for for IDP purposes. And yeah, Juan Thornhill also out, so it's basically I think Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell are the two backup options there for the Browns. So DeAnthony Bell, I would assume, is going to be the guy to play the Grant Delpit role, but. Um, it also depends on if Juan Thornhill is going to play. If Juan Thornhill plays, then it might be Ronnie Hickman that plays that role. So a couple guys to keep an eye on there for people that are in those deeper leagues and maybe need a replacement. Um, and like you said, yeah, Miles Garrett, I, I know he, he's gone, I think, what, three three weeks without a sack. But he did have a sack on the, the two-point conversion attempt last week, but it doesn't count in, in the IDP <laughs> scoring, which is a, a bummer. It's not technically a play from scrimmage. It's a it's essentially a no play. So any kind of defensive stats that we get from there, they just don't count, which is a bummer. But he was amazing last week, 92.1 pass rush grade with seven pressures. The shoulder doesn't really seem to be an issue for him. And like you said, Justin Fields, 20.5% pressure to sack conversion rate because he does like to hold on to that ball uh, quite a bit longer. Um, so yeah, it might be a chance for Zadarius Smith as well. I know you were, you were going to mention Obo Okoronkwo. Doesn't seem likely that he'll play. Um, but yeah, the, other than that, the, the linebackers are, are the last bit here because JOK averaging 90% of snaps over the last three weeks, which isn't bad for him. Um, I just I'm skeptical, right? Because the, the Browns linebackers, it, it changes week to week. And it, I, we've seen some consistency here. But we've also seen them pull the rug out from us multiple times. So that that's the only thing that has me worried here for JOK and starting him. But 
fine in that kind of low end LB three, LB four range for those deeper leagues. I, I'd still trust them. But uh, do you have any more confidence in in the Browns linebackers than I do this week? No, man. You, they change them out like underwear, and that's just how it's going to go. If anything, I I honestly like Ronnie Hickman Jr. Ronnie Rocket this year from Ohio State. Yeah. I think not this year. Sorry, this week. I think he might come inside and make some splash plays. Nice. I've not really seen Bell play, but um, yeah, aside from that, hopefully that defensive line can create some havoc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, they're gonna need it. They, they need help. They're banged up as hell. Yeah. It's crazy right now. Um, so yeah, there's they're still pushing for the playoffs too. But on the uh Chicago oh wait, I got the wrong slides up there. So oh god, I still have to switch them up. But um <laughs> on the Chicago side of things, um TJ Edwards coming off a, a quieter game. Uh, I think he had a four tackle game last week, but nothing to be concerned about for him. He's got like 131 on the year. Um, plus he has the best uh, playoff schedule remaining for linebackers, him and Tremaine Edmonds. So both these guys should be locks. I did put that together. It has this one. I'll put it up on the screen here for the YouTube crowd. Um, it's a little bit tough to see. So I apologize. I'll, I'll post it on Twitter, the updated version on Friday, just to get a, a sense of how these numbers look with the week 14 um, tackle numbers included in there. And, but it shouldn't change too much. Chicago should still have the top schedule remaining for the linebacker tackle opportunities. Um, but yeah, there, there's not a lot of stuff to go over for uh, the Chicago Bears here. Is there anybody for you that uh, you wanted to talk about specifically? Um, Montez Sweat kind of knew when he got traded over there that he was going to so – not like growing pains for him, but the other people around him, he doesn't have pain in Allen in the center anymore. He's got Dexter and Jones, I believe. So, um, and then Billings as well, like you were saying. So, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sure because the Browns have Thompson Robinson. Is he going to throw the ball? Is he going to run it? Yeah. Are they going to convert third down? So then the linebackers might be stuffed on that. I don't really know. Yeah, it's it's a little bit concerning, I think, for Sweat. Like, it just it doesn't necessarily have all the pass rush metrics that you know make us overly excited about wanting to put him in lineups. And he's been solid, um, even coming to Chicago here. But I think I'm as edge twenty five this week, so I'm not all that excited for him either. But um, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe, his season's over now as well. Jaquan Brisker was excellent. I think we highlighted him last week as, as, as a really nice matchup and had 17 tackles or something like that. It was just like a huge blow-up game for him. Um, yeah. This week, decent matchup again, above average at least. Um, the the uh, Browns given up the 11th most tackles per game to the safety position, so um, that's at least nice for him. Um, anybody else from, from this game, or, or you want to move on? I mean, I wish uh, we could talk about Sanborn, but there's no reason yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, there is really. Yeah, there's. It's it, again. I love these straightforward defenses. It doesn't get us thinking yeah. too much. We kind of know what we're getting from them at the same time, but they're also kind of boring at the same time. So we'll move on um, to the Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions here, um, and we'll start with. Let's start with actually Brian Branch because. Um, this one, I think a lot of people had questions about last week um, because he only played 52% of the snaps. So that ended up being 37 snaps for him. And this was definitely concerning. It wasn't an injury related thing. Um, essentially what the Lions were doing with Brian Branch last week was they only played him when Chicago was in 11 personnel. So when they had three wide receivers out there, Branch was out there. If they had anything else uh, personnel wise, Branch was on the sideline. So 
this hasn't really been a typical game plan in, in or, or how they've utilized branch this year, which is interesting to see if it'll be a one-off or if it'll be a trend kind of going forward. But at this point in the season, first week of the fantasy playoffs, it's it's got me concerned enough that I'm not betting on it being a one-off thing. I'm leaving him on benches this week because going against the Broncos, the Broncos also have a, a well below average deployment of 11 personnel, 40, 54%. Um, so again, if he's playing 50% of snaps, look, he ended up with three tackles last week. It's just potential for really low output. And we don't need that in the fantasy playoffs when all the teams are good um, that we're playing against. So just not enough snaps there to trust them this week. I would be benching Brian Branch where I can this week and, and avoiding that situation altogether. Yeah, no, that's that's a good call. I mean, they've got Sutton and Judy and then who, like Will Jordan Humphrey uh, for, you know, and so they don't really have a lot of options. I think they have more success with the double tight end anyways, at least help with the blocking. Um, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson probably going to eat against Mike McGlinchey. He's yep. struggled at times. He's kind of a hothead player. I'm a Niner fan. I've seen it happen. He'll get eaten up, and I feel like uh, Hudson is the kind of guy that's going to do that. We kind of know that, though. Um, Frank Kaminsky might be a good kind of start if you can get him in a – a, a league, but I, I like, I don't know, he's just one of those rotational guys as well, but he's kind of been popping up in certain places. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It's crazy that Branch has kind of taken, I guess, not like a step back, but it is his first year. So maybe they're trying to put him in different spots, seeing what they've got. I know Gardner Johnson maybe comes back next week. I'm not really sure. He's been on IR for a while. So yeah. not really sure what they got cooking with him. So it's kind of strange for him not to be in that true safety role and him just out there. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back at all. I I probably would lean to him not making it back in time for, for IDP purposes, but we'll see um, what happens there. But yeah, Branch, unfortunately, we, we've seen the Lions do this with their rookies, right? We saw it with Jack Campbell, um, them putting his playing time up and then scaling it back down. Jameer Gibbs um, has been up and down as well. So um, yeah, I, I, I just don't think you could trust Brian Branch this week. Alex Anzalone, the lone um, every down linebacker there for the Lions and in, in a decent matchup going against the Denver Broncos. We're giving up the eighth most tackles per game to the linebacker position. And as much as I give him a hard time, Alex Anzalone has been solid this year, but still like LB 25 for me. So just outside that that top 24 range. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm with you, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, absolutely. I think we talked about him due for a sack last week and he delivered. So hopefully gets another one here this week and gets a little streak going for the fantasy playoffs. Um, so do you think that they're going to be rolling out with Campbell more or just keep going with Barnes? Cause they've kind of, I'm yeah. not like, I don't know. It's got, I'm trying to guess and Campbell has had some spike weeks, but it's been on like the 50% usage. So. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like he, he, I think tied for the, the team lead in, in total tackles last week. Right. I think they, him and, and maybe Anzalone had nine each, but yeah, like you said, only 50% of the snaps and it just seems like they want to give Derek Barnes more playing time. Coaches are weird like that. They, they love their veterans, right? They, they, they're worried about rookies and them making mistakes and, and easing them in and things like that. So I, I get it from that, that perspective, but yeah, you, you look at the competition for snaps and you're like, you want Jack Campbell to be, you know, at least the second linebacker <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. but it doesn't seem like uh, his dad, Dan Campbell is going to, is going to let that happen, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, for now, I think we mm. just kind of avoid Jack Campbell. I, I know the nine tackles is nice, but unless you're in like the deepest of leagues, really, I, I don't think you could trust them on, on a, especially this week in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. It's risky. Yeah. Um, how about on the Denver side of things? Um, 
anybody that you want to start with with these guys i could start with something too um death taxes and alex singleton he never yeah. stopped stopping he's an energizer bunny it was yeah. kind of nice to see jewel get involved last week as well up there um let's see just looking at it I don't, I don't really aside from those two i mean lock's been good uh the suspended safety is supposed to be coming back next week Jackson, not really sure. Is it next week or the week after? I think it might be the week after, I want to say. Yeah. So Uh, I know a lot of people, at least myself, hoping that he keeps that lock, keeps the job. Yeah. Um, Not really sure what's going to happen there, but yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I hope so. Yeah, Locke's been really good. 22 totals, tackles, and three sacks across his last three games. So um, that's been nice to see. And it's not even like he's blitzing a ton either. I think he has just six pass rush attempts um, over those three games. He's just converted them into sacks um, pretty easily for some reason. So, um, yeah, like you said, Alex Singleton as well, looking to kind of regain that tackle efficiency thrown. Um, He's currently at 16% for the year, which is tied for fourth among linebackers. Um, Landon Roberts is first with 16.9%. So not far behind there. He's coming off a nice 20% plus tackle efficiency game Um, and could be another nice week for him. Going against the Lions, Lions giving up the 11th most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So I got Kingleton as LB7 this week. Nice. Yeah, I got him at LB4. I also want to give Zach Allen nice. a shout. He's got the most pressures on the team. Going yes. up against a not-so-amazing lineman in Iwaskia. Iwaskia. <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't know. <laughs> when it, I'll, I'll remember the defensive player names, but it, if I get like a screwy offensive lineman name, there's there's yeah. no chance, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, just a, a pretty good matchup for the 25th-ranked defensive interior lineman by PFL. But- Nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, Zach Allen's been solid for sure. I think I'm, yeah, DT 14 this week, but nice matchup for tackles as well. Um, the, the, uh, the Lions giving up the fourth most tackles per game to the defensive line position. So he's really kind of the main guy there that I think for IDP purposes that we're trusting on a consistent basis. So um, good shout there for sure. Um, anybody else for Denver, Detroit? I feel like that pretty much covers everybody. There's not, I mean, Jaquan McMillian has been really good at corner, but not an every down role. His his we've seen his snaps kind of go up and down, so a little bit shaky to start. But he's had some big plays to make up for it, so that's been the nice thing for him. But just something to keep in mind for people that see Jaquan McMillian, they see the 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 large um, point totals. Just know that it they could fluctuate a little bit here if he doesn't deliver on those big plays, just because he's not playing an every down role. So just somebody to be uh, aware of there. Um, all right, let's move to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, where do you want to start with this one, Mace? Um, so just the Green Bay defense will start at the heart of it. Uh, Campbell, I think, is good to go for this week, but Quay Walker didn't, or I guess he didn't practice today. I guess I'll report on that. Right. So um, you got McDuffie filling in there. I, I don't really feel that great about him. He's very sporadic. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay. One thing I did notice, this isn't really IDP related, but Valentine and Valentine, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost the same but different. Um, they'll probably get their work. Evans has got a, over a thousand yards this year, and, and you can't really uh shake Godwin. You gotta you gotta account for him. So um yeah. Rashawn Gary has looked very good this year, and I think uh Clark is gonna have a big week up against uh Stinney. 
Nice. Yeah. Kenny Clark's yeah, a really solid pick there because yeah, he's been quiet for IDP purposes, but just again, continuing to be a really good NFL player and that can translate to IDP when we need it, especially in those good matchups. So good call there. And yeah, Rashawn Gary, oh, he did not deliver on that kind of dream matchup that um, we highlighted last week on the show going against the giants and, and Tommy Cutlets there on, on Monday night. And Really was hoping for at least a sack in that game. I thought maybe he had potential for for a couple, but didn't even get one, unfortunately. So that was a bit of a bummer to see from Rashawn Gary. But like you said, he, he's been really good. Um, you, you bet on the talent. These games happen all the time, even for, for the best pass rushers. So not overly concerned there. I think I'm as edge 16 this week. So still a starter for the most part. Um but yeah, like you said, Quay Walker, no practice on Wednesday. So could be another Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie week. Um, Tampa Bay giving up the 21st most tackles to the linebacker position. So uh, below average matchup, not something that we're overly excited about there either. Um, on the Tampa Bay side, we have, oh, I keep skipping a slide here. Um, on the Tampa Bay <laughs> side, they're also dealing with injuries at the linebacker position because Devin White, uh, missed last game. He got injured before that as well, but didn't practice on Wednesday either. So Levante David is back in. He played last week, but we also saw KJ Britt play over Servassier Dennis um, last week. So KJ Britt would potentially be the next man up here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, linebackers probably going to be close to an every down roll. Um which again, it's not the best matchup. The the Packers giving up the second fee with linebacker or tackles per game to the linebacker position. So not like dying to put KJ Britt into lineups, but in leagues where you're, you know, you'll take an every down linebacker. Um, KJ Britt could be somebody that, uh, that makes it into starting lineups for those deeper leagues. So um, that would be probably the key shout out here for this one, but anybody else on, on Tampa Bay that uh, you'd want to go into. Um, yeah. Yeah. Diaby. He's been um, doing somewhat decent. Um, and I guess the right guard probably the weakest part of this line. That's where Vita Vey is. But um, just the interior to outside of the line actually hasn't really been that bad this year. So um, kind of look at them. Uh, aside from that, though, uh, Winfield, you're going to start him no matter what. Um, that's really all I've got. Because right, let's see, you got J.J. Russell who had a game. K.J. Britt's been in seven games. Devin White, 11 games. <laughs> Cam Gill outside, seven games. Levante David, 11 Savroka Dennis, six games. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to touch anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you, man. And again, like you said, it, it's, it's not the best matchup either for the linebacker position as far as tackles per game go. So you're, you're not desperate to put any of these guys in there. If you are, then I probably lean KJ Britt, then Servasia Dennis. And then I, after that, I mean, I really hope there's other options for you, um, even in those deeper leagues, but um, yeah, Antoine Winfield, definitely a starter. Yeah, yeah, Diaby, yeah, he uh, he booted um, Joe Tryon Shainka out of the starting lineup, so that was uh, good for him. And Vita Vea, Kalaja Kansi, solid in DT required leagues, but um, yeah, not as interested in the corners this week either. Green Bay giving up the 29th most tackles per game to the cornerback position, so guys like Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, um, not necessarily must starts by, by any means this week. Nice. Um, all right. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll start with the Steelers linebackers because I feel like um, it's a bit of a mess. At least it was last week, right? So Alandon Roberts was 
looking unlikely to play last week on the short week against the Patriots. I think even Wednesday when we recorded the pod with Tom, we talked about it as if Michael Walker was going to be filling in for him, right? And and ends up that Landon Roberts did play, did lead the Steelers linebackers in snaps, but played just 81% of those snaps. And part of that probably could be due to them being on a short week, him dealing with injury as well. So they may have wanted to limit him and and give him a little bit more time to heal on this kind of um, extended time off here heading into this week. But that that's probably the, the, the main reason, but there's also a history here with Steelers linebacker rotations where they don't necessarily want to play an every down linebacker every single week. And they do rotate these guys from time to time. So it's just something that I think to be aware of for a Landon Roberts, he is, like I mentioned earlier, the most efficient um, tackling linebacker in the league this season at 16.9%. So I still have him as like LB 27. So just outside that top 24 range, because of the potential that he might not play a hundred percent of snaps um, just because of the Steelers scheme. So that that's something to keep in mind, but again, really nice matchup going against the Colts. So um, the Colts given up the fourth most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So there's definitely upside there for Landon Roberts, but there's also the potential that um, he isn't a hundred percent snap guy, which, which is where the concern comes in for me. So, with the LB2 role there, do you think that Blake Martinez did enough with his 21 snaps last week to kind of secure it? Do you think Walker's going to be? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I still have Michael Walker in that spot. Um, I don't know that it's going to be Blake Martinez. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Again, we, we talk about guys, you know, and coaches liking experience and, and, and things like that, and he's definitely the most experienced of the group as far as guys that can hold down a full-time job, but it's also been out of the league now. He was um, yeah. playing Pokemon um, and <laughs> got suspended from that. Yeah. So that's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I think he probably isn't quite ready to step back into a more high volume role. And especially yeah. with the Steelers, right? If it was another team where, you know, Tampa Bay, for example, where they roll out two full time linebackers, I'd, I'd probably feel a little bit better but Steelers love their rotations they love playing guys to their strengths and keeping them off the field in the, you know when it's their weaknesses so that part of it has me concerned I, I'm not optimistic I guess about Blake Martinez okay. what about um last one uh, Nick Herbig uh we've got TJ Watt yeah. and Alex Highsmith in concussion protocol I'm not sure if they've cleared it yet it might but yeah so TJ Watt TJ Watt did clear. Um, I just saw that. That literally just came through like maybe oh. 10 minutes before we started recording. Um, TJ Watt cleared uh, concussion protocol. So he'll be good to go this week. But Alex Highsmith did leave last game. I thought it was a neck injury, but yeah, it looked like it was concussion protocol that he's in now. So um, Nick Herbig, fun player, um, decent pass rush metrics coming out of college. I think there's opportunity there that they may lean on him in a volume heavy role if Alex Highsmith isn't available. So I don't mind Nick Herbig. Um, it's, there's a decent tackle floor potential there going against the Colts as well, who give up the third most tackles per game to the defensive line position. And um, he's got he's got some talent as a pass rusher. It's you know it, I I think for people looking in those deeper leagues looking for a streamer, Nick Herbig could be somebody um, I'd consider this week for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're starting Minka. We're starting Cam Hayward in DT required league, so that. For me, at least, pretty much does it for the Steelers. Is there anybody else um, you wanted to talk to talk about on that team? No, the Steelers are just—they have a really good defense, especially for IDP. It's just that offense, man. They can't figure it out. 
yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I think we're going to get uh, yeah Mitchell uh, Trubisky again at quarterback this week. So we'll see how the the Colts defense responds to that. So let's talk a little bit about that Colts defense. And we saw EJ Speed miss last game. So Zaire Franklin, obviously, he's a starter. He's playing. We're, we're leaving him in IDP lineups. But there is an interesting replacement for EJ Speed if he's not able to go this week. I feel like he'll probably be able to go, so this could be worthless. But Ronnie Harrison, we, we he had the pick six last week. But I think more importantly for, for IDP leagues is he's somebody that – in most formats is designated as a safety. So whenever you can get a safety who's playing a linebacker position, um, that's a nice little cheat code to kind of take advantage of. So keep an eye on that. If EJ speed is going to miss this game, which again, I don't think he is, but um, you never know. So Ronnie Harrison could definitely be somebody to, to try to plug into the safety spot for you as a linebacker. So um, I do like that. Yeah. Um, on the line, Buckner, I think you got to start him regardless no matter what. But I wanted to call out Samson Ibicon. I think he's got a, a fairly good matchup this week, and he's got the best – I think he's having the best year of his career, man. He was decent in San Francisco, a good spot starter. He's kind of gotten more reins here, and he's doing great with the line that they have. Um, more, I think, in cornerback leagues, you got to start him, right? Like, And then uh, Blackman, I, I don't DB2, DB3. But yep, uh, yep. aside from that, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's that. That's pretty much it, right? Like, hey, like I liked him coming into the year, just hasn't really had that kind of breakout year that I thought he would. He's had some good games, but it, mostly inconsistent. But yeah, Abby Cam's been solid for sure. He's been he's been a fun player this year. I like him. Um, yeah, Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore. I think I have a CB two this week. Julian Blackman in that safety two range for me as well. So that does pretty much cover it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right, sweet. We are firing them off here. We're getting the information out there, Mace. I love it. Uh, let's move to the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, anybody that you want to start with uh, for these two teams? Um, CJ Mosley kind of been down a little bit the past couple of weeks, but I feel like that's going to pick up soon um, for the Jets. Um, let's see. Hold on. Oh, I was looking for one. My bad. Um I don't really have much for them. They do have one heck of a rotation on that line. So their end guys are more like best ball-esque for me. That's kind of where I was getting them. It was nice to see, I think, Will McDonald kind of shine last week. Um, we've seen Johnson do well, another first-round pick. Uh, Quinn Williams hasn't been amazing every week for IDP, but he's still one of those guys you got to put in there because at any given day he can get peed off enough to where he's going to create some havoc and get you some points. Um Let's see. Whitehead has been decent. I mean, a lot better than I feel like I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to have his breakout year last year. He ended up kind of having it this year. Started off the year with three picks and just kind of run away with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, aside from that, I'm I'm good. The two linebackers and then just uh, I don't know if I trust anyone aside from Williams at defensive tackle on that line, like yeah. in playoffs, just because of the rotation and they're so sporadic on sacks. So uh, I would look elsewhere. Yeah, I, I I I think I'm with you there. I, Quinn and Williams definitely an option for me in every week uh, that I'm leaving in lineups. But yeah, Jermaine Johnson probably the best option for the Jets. But even him, like I have his edge 26 this week. Two is not necessarily an easy quarterback to take down either. He's done a decent job getting the ball out uh, most weeks. There's he's had some some struggles, especially last week against Tennessee for some reason. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, Whitehead solid putting him in. 
Mosley and Quincy Williams, like it, as LB1 and LB2, have been really good. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it. I mean, DJ Reed, depending on the week, you could put in at corner. Um, <clears throat> I am dealing with a cold, so I'm, I'm sorry if I'm losing my voice or it sounds weird for people. Um, but <laughs> DJ Reed uh, has been fine as, as a cornerback option. The Miami Dolphins given up 13th most tackles per game to the cornerback position. So potential there for DJ Reed. And like you said, Jordan Whitehead as well um, in, in a favorable matchup for safety. So like those calls. Um, but yeah, other than that, the Jets, again, another pretty easy defense to figure out. So let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Um, not always an easy defense to figure out, especially at the linebacker position. But Jerome Baker is on injured reserve. He's he's looking like he's done for the year. So we saw Duke Riley and David Long last week. And Riley was the one that I think... I'm trying to remember now who played more and who um, <laughs> and who outproduced the other. So the one that didn't play as much outproduced the other one. And now I'm blanking on what it is. I usually have this stuff um, good to go here, but I, I don't, I still don't love the Miami linebackers essentially where I'm getting at. Right. So Duke Riley was the one that played the hundred percent snap role, only six tackles. David long played 89% of snaps. So that's solid. Um, he had the nine tackles, but these guys, they've been inefficient all year long, pretty much. It, it doesn't matter if it's Jerome Baker in there, David Long, Duke Riley. So I have them more in that kind of LB4-ish range um, for the most part. And it's not a great matchup either going against the Jets, who have the given up the 29th most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So that that's kind of where I struggle with the Miami linebackers even more. I don't think outside of the deepest leagues I'm, I'm messing with these guys this week. Yeah, the only linebackers I'm playing are going to be Chubb and Van Ginkle, and that's if I can put them at, like, defensive line. Yeah. Right? I mean, Van Ginkle has played a little inside this year, and I think he did decent with it, but he's just kind of been a freak on the outside, man. Him and Wilkins, that one-two punch, uh, stuns everything together. So, um, yeah, definitely if you can slot those guys in. And then um, Holland has been sporadic, really top, kind of mm -hmm. mid, too. So, I mean, I guess if you really have to, DB2, I'm, I'm all right with that, but I'm really only going to start Van Ginkle and Chubb on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the, the defensive line guys have been kind of the stars there. Van Ginkle, Chubb, Wilkins. I mean, Jalen Phillips when he was out there, RIP. Um, but Andrew Van Ginkle, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, like Van Ginkle, like he's played really well. Hasn't had a sack since week five of this season, which is kind of crazy. But I also thought he kind of got screwed over for a sack by the stat collectors uh, of the NFL in week 13, I, I think it was. Mm -hmm. He had Sam Howell in the grasp for like three seconds. The refs were a split second away from blowing the whistle um, at blowing the play dead. And which he kind of knew he kind of just releases him because he's yeah. the plays dead. And then Bradley Chubb and Zach Siler, I think it was kind of grab um, Howell at the same time as the whistle blows. But that 100% should have been a sack for and Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, and yeah, I missed stat correction by the NFL to, to rile up IT managers who had him in week 13 and, and didn't right. get those points. But um, just wanted to point that out because I, I do think it's crazy that he hasn't had a sack since week five. Since he's played so well, he has an 87.9 pass rush grade on the year, um, averaging 81% of the team's defensive snaps over the past two weeks with Jalen Phillips out. 
um, should line up against the Jets right tackle Max Mitchell, who owns a 47.5 pass blocking grade, which ranks 71st among offensive tackles um, and going against Zach Wilson, obviously, who has the seventh worst pressure to sack conversion rate in the league. So just a nice matchup there for, for Andrew Van Ginkle, even for Bradley Chubb, like you said, Christian Wilkins. These guys should be able to take advantage of that banged up um, Jets offensive line. Yeah, it's just going to be tough because the Jets don't really convert a lot of third downs, right? Unless it's, yeah. I don't know, some time randomly. <laughs> you get a couple sporadic weeks and Zach Wilson feels like playing football. <laughs> he starts doing that. But I, I feel like this is one of those revenge games for the Dolphins. I think they're just going to handle it. Yeah, this is uh, AFC Player of the Week, um, uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, my, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to give him credit where he's due. Uh, yeah, he, had, he had one good week, so he got to crown the guy. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I imagine Zach Wilson will turn back into a pumpkin uh, very soon. Um, but yeah, anybody else from this game that you want to talk about? No, no, I got no one else in that one. All right, sweet. Let's go to the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Um and let's start with, I mean, we'll just start at the top. We'll start with the Saints linebackers, uh, Demario Davis and Pete Werner, essentially two of the league's most inefficient linebackers in a non-ideal matchup this week going against the Giants who give up the 25th most tackles per game to the position. So, guys, I mean, Demario Davis, low-end LB3 for me. I know he has that sack potential, which we love, but can't convert on those every single game. And when he isn't, he's just not doing it with the tackle numbers. Pete Werner, um, really down there as far as tackle efficiency goes. So I have him as like LB52 this week. Um, Just been really disappointed. Plus, he hasn't been playing his full complement of snaps either. So other than that, um, Jordan Howden, the safety for the New Orleans Saints, uh, nice waiver wire target this week. Coming off a pretty big game, it's not the best matchup for him either. The the Giants given up the third fewest tackles per game to the safety position. So just something to kind of be aware of there for him. He's more of safety three for me this week. We can't expect the big plays necessarily every week from um, these guys that we that are kind of unproven. We haven't really seen it consistently from. So just somebody to pick up off the waiver wire, but I'm not necessarily starting him unless I'm desperate um, this week. How, how are you feeling about uh, the, the Saints safeties? Um, yeah, Howden's, I mean, he's had over like 120 snaps in the last two games or something like that, man. You can't argue <laughs> with that kind of stability. I mean, especially getting a guy for free out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. you can slot him in as DB3 and pray. Why not, man? Um, maybe not this week because there's, you know, 16 games going on. But uh, aside from that, what happened to Cam Jordan? I, I can see like his PFF grade's really good, but I mean, it really seems like Granderson's the only one eating it. Yeah, so Cameron Jordan, I mean, he is dealing with an ankle injury, so I think they've been they've limited him the past couple of weeks where he's played only like a, a quarter of the snaps basically. So, um it doesn't seem like he's fully healthy. This is a he's a guy that's getting older too, so he hasn't been nearly as effective or as efficient. He's really only been producing as like a volume-based guy in in recent years just because he doesn't have those pass rush metrics that he once did. So, um, they've been rolling him out there in a volume heavy role and that's how he's been most effective for IDP. But now with those snaps kind of cut down all the way to something like 30% or something like that last week. So in that case where I'm just not starting Cameron Jordan, it's such a nice matchup too, which is unfortunate going against the giants who worst pass blocking unit in the league. We got um, Tommy Cutlets back there who still has the highest pressure to sack conversion rate in the league, but 
I'd much rather start um, Carl Granderson this week, even though he is going against Andrew Thomas, their best offensive tackle, who has the 10th best pass blocking grade among the tackles in the league. So um, that's the the only concern. But Granderson's been awesome. He's been able to deliver for us and been able to convert and produce. So I I don't mind um, putting Granderson in. I think I'm his edge 12, actually, this week. So I really like um, Granderson. I'm just hoping for a Demario Davis sack, man. Yeah, yeah, that you do. You, you kind of have to hope for the sacks with yeah. Demario Davis, I think, right? Because like four or five tackles that he gets, it, it just doesn't get it done. So, um, if he gets a sack, that that definitely makes a big difference. Um, how about on the Giants side of things? Uh, let's. I mean, anybody really? Because this is another defense to me that feels pretty straightforward, right? Kayvon Thibodeau, I'm fine putting him in in that kind of edge two range because he's just playing a ton of snaps. He's been converting. Dexter Lawrence has been amazing this year. DT required leagues. So he's somebody that you're starting. Xavier McKinney, solid safety. Jason Pinnock, deeper leagues, solid safety. Bobby O, great linebacker option. Michael McFadden, deeper leagues, not playing an every down role. I mean, is there anybody else really for the Giants that that you have question marks about or that you're really interested in this week? Not that I'm interested in, but since you said question mark, Isaiah Simmons, just his career overall, I'm really yeah. like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, I honestly thought he'd come in and just take more snaps, but he really hasn't. He's kind of the third guy in that linebacker packing order. But aside from the big names there, like you said, there isn't really much meat on the bone left, so. Yeah, there's not a ton, right? And it, it's a nice matchup for Bobby Okereke. Um who the the Giants give or the yeah the Saints given up the six most tackles per game to the linebacker position so Bobby O I have his LB4 this week really like him but everybody else kind of being ranked essentially where they've been ranked um all season long so if you've been starting them you can keep starting them you don't have to worry um too much about you know overly bad matchups or anything like that this week I think the Saints only have Olave when they got A.T. Perry and Bowden so you're going to see a lot of probably come out of the backfield so it'll probably be good for mm-hmm. the linebackers as well feasting nice. on that yeah, I do like that. Um, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's keep it rolling then because we'll we'll do a quick ad break here from our friends at Prize Picks. Um, Prize Picks is a skill based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty five times your money on any entry. So, base, we got a couple defensive props up there. Not a ton right now. I'm sure they'll put up more as there's games on Saturday this week as well. Um, I was looking for a Thursday night prop for the IDP side of things. Again, not a ton that I love, but the one that I think I like the most is Khalil Mack um, to get more than 0.75 of a sack. So basically get one sack. Um, And again, going up against uh, Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, didn't have the sack last week, but he did have five pressures, has an 80.6 pass rush grade on the year, leads the NFL in sacks, as we know, and he's going up against Thayer Munford, 57.2 pass block grade. So really like the potential for a Khalil Mack sack this week. Um, and then, yeah, another one that I like is uh, David Montgomery. Anytime touchdown going against the Broncos, um, who have given up the fifth most goal-to-go plays in the league. They've allowed 13 rushing touchdowns. They've allowed the most rushing yards against Monty Rice. Or Monty Rice. Um, Monty, I put here, and immediately my IDP brain went right. IDP, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, David Montgomery has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year, um, but it doesn't even have to be a rushing touchdown for him, even though that's more likely than anything. Um, it just any it just needs to end up in the end zone here, David Montgomery. So that was the other one that I liked here for prize picks this week. Um, 
So yeah, at PrizePix, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Go to prizepix.com slash Fantasy. Use code Fantasy for a first deposit matchup to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash Fantasy. Use code Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Mace, let's keep it rolling here. And we'll go on to the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Um, anywhere in particular that you want to start with this game. Um, Aziz Alshire, man. Nice. Being a 49er fan, I, I love that he got an opportunity. It was a mercenary contract. And honestly, I'm after seeing what he's done this year, I'm really hoping that he either signs with the Titans for future or he goes and gets a better contract. Um, Jack Evans getting some more time. Was he on the injury report? I didn't uh, see Gibbons okay, maybe on not. Right. I, I thought he, maybe I'm tripping. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Steven Nelson is a, a cornerback streamer if you want. He's got 60-plus snaps in the last four games. Sporadic tackler. Maybe Will Levis tries to let it fly a little bit because it kind of worked for them last week. He had over, what, 300 yards? Was that like the first time in his career, I think? Um, I know, kind of a free game there at the end. I thought that last Moser touchdown kind of sealed it for yeah. uh, the Titans, but they ended up rallying and coming back. So yeah. um, just doing that, um, let's see. Harold Landry had a three-side game on Monday Night Football, so – I mean, not that that's the same song and dance, but you kind of expect him to perform. That's kind of nice. So uh, aside from that, I've liked Arden Key. Autry's been a bright light this year for them as well. Yes. Yeah. Nice starter. So um, aside from that, nothing really. Yeah, yeah, I really like Autry. Um, Landry, like you said, uh, you should at least avoid Laramie Tunsil this week. So that that's a nice thing for him. And and again, you know, there's potential there for tackles um, in a favorable matchup, but. Yeah, I do like Aziz Alshair. I have him as LB16. And then for deeper leagues, like Jack Gibbons is definitely a solid pick, right? Especially with Monty Rice gone. Um, we, we saw his kind of snaps dip quite a bit with Monty Rice in the lineup where these guys are pl- splitting that LB2 role a little bit, but went back up to that 70 to 72% role that he was that he's been playing. And as a result, he's been pretty solid. Um, so I, I do like uh, Jack Gibbons this week. Uh, in those deeper leagues, he's got a 15.3% tackle efficiency as well. <clears throat> and it's an above average matchup against the Texans um, in week 15, who are yielding 16.9 tackles per game to the linebacker position. Sorry, I am choking. Um, anybody on Houston that you want to talk about as I choke for a minute? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll be right. Um, yeah. So, Kind of wanted to get into the Harris Perryman Jake Hansen ordeal. Um, their linebackers kind of been a revolving door. They've also had two or two ago. So um, I think as of late, it's been Harris, but maybe Perryman gets more in this game. Um, Will Anderson Jr. has just been outstanding as far as rookies go. Um, I don't really think there's a doubt in anyone's mind that he was the, the DL1, I guess, last season or the defensive end one. And uh, he's really been showing it, but. His counterpart, Bernard, man, he's just been, I don't know, he's been really, really good. Um, maybe Jerry Hughes comes in if Will Anderson can't go, but um, I'm not going to start him or anything like that. They've also got Dylan Horton and Maji Sanders, but I'm not going to take my chances on that. So if you can't start Grenard, though, I, I would definitely go for that. I'm staying away from the linebackers. Jalen Petrie, I feel like you guys, or at least you've talked about it every week to where he's just been like, I don't know, not what a lot of managers were spending to get him. But um, Ward kind of been decent in relief, spot starter, best ball hero, I think. So, uh, yeah, aside from that, aside from Grenard Anderson, 
I'm not really not really feeling the Texans. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of with you here because yeah, Blake Cashman would be somebody that I'd like, but dealing with the hamstring injury doesn't yeah. seem like he'll play. So it could be more Perriman this week. It could be more Harris. We just don't know, right? So it's not necessarily a situation you want to mess with. Again, not a great matchup either. 30th most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So it's it's if it was a more favorable matchup, you might be more enticed to put one of those guys in the lineup. But <clears throat> like you said, Jonathan Greenard, I mean, he just took advantage of a really nice matchup last week too against the Jets, had uh, two sacks, draws another really nice matchup against the Titans, who have had pretty significant issues at the tackle positions. Um, He should line up mostly against Jalen Duncan, who owns a 46.8 pass blocking grade, which is 75th among 88 qualifying offensive tackles. He's just done a nice job converting. So really like Jonathan Grenard, like that call there from you for sure. Um. Man, being sick sucks. This is uh, <laughs> it's, it's brutal to try to talk through, but we're doing our best. It's the fantasy playoffs. We have to get through it here. We have to get the information out there. So we battle for the good people listening. Um, it's kind of just like else? out there dealing with injuries and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Through, right? <laughs> yeah nobody's 100% week 15 here. So we're <laughs> I, uh, me included. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll battle through. We only got a few more here. Um, <clears throat> how about the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Let's move over to that game because I think we could start with um, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle, because kind of talked about him a little bit last week with Tom about him being such an efficient tackler. Like he is on an incredible pace here for, for an interior defensive lineman currently sitting at a career high 74 tackles for the season. He's on pace for almost 100 on the year. Um, and then this week now draws a matchup against the Falcons who are giving up the second most tackles per game to the defensive line position at 21.8. So this is a guy... tackle rate is easily the best at the defensive line position this season, minimum uh, 50% of the snaps played. And it's even better than some starting linebackers, guys like (laughs) Caden Ellis, who is at 11%, Nicholas Morrow at 10.3%, Pete Werner at 10.2%, Demario Davis 10.1%, Devin White 9.1%. So this guy has been so efficient. He's been more efficient than the most efficient tackling position. So um, then some of those guys, Um, these guys are starters as well. So just the one sack on the year for him, but... 33 pressures, 77.1 pass rush grade. He's he's a better pass rusher than his sacks would indicate, but we're starting him for the tackles, and he is racking them up. Yeah, I mean, how can you not, right? And the crazy thing is they don't really have a lot of linebacker options aside from Frankie Louvu, so it's kind of nice that he's scooping up those tackles for them. Um, he's second on the team. He's got 33 pressures, like you said. He's leading in pressures. It's just the sacks haven't really paid off. He does have 10 quarterback hits, though, so, you know, I mean, he's in the area. But, yeah, he's definitely been – I don't, I don't think he was in the beginning of anyone's draft. He was more of like a late-round flyer guy. People were kind of going just because who else was going to be there. Like, I don't want to take gross motos. So, um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great call there. Nice. Um, but, yeah, other than that for Carolina, I mean, Frankie Louvu, he's been solid. We, we could start him, no problem. Um, the safeties are a little bit inconsistent. Von Bell, probably the best option, but he's questionable. questionable. We'll see if he plays or not. Okay. <clears throat> It's a it's a decent matchup um, against Atlanta. Twelfth most tackles per game to the safety position, but Von Bell still just kind of outside of that um, top twenty four safety range for me. 
Brian Burns, he's been fine. Edge 15 for me. Um, I, I don't think we're we're necessarily ready to bench him just yet. Still putting up sack numbers, even though the pass rush metrics haven't been amazing by any means. He's he's been he's been really solid. Um, anybody else for Carolina for you? No, no one for for Carolina. But uh, Burns, I I had him as like DL six, I think, at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of just been sad to kind of see him fall and fall. Yeah. Just, you know, not not so horrible, but to as far as expectation goes, I think where I drafted him at least, I'm. Kind of peeved. <laughs> I, I don't think you're the only one. I mean, yeah. a lot of people had high expectations for him to kind of take another step this year. And he's really just kind of plateaued over the past two or three seasons as far as like his his metrics and his pass rush ability goes. And um, yeah, it, it, it has been disappointing. I think if you, you, you had expectations that he would take another step. And I, I mean, he really should have. He's got a lot of all the tools that we're really looking for for a pass rusher, but um, it just hasn't done it. And and part of it too, he's really the only pass rusher on that defensive line, so does get a lot of the attention there. So that that probably hurts him a little bit. But um, yeah, still still been solid, just not amazing this year. Um, how about for the Falcons side of things? Anybody uh, that you want to start with uh, for for them? Yeah, I just want to talk about Jesse Bates for a second. Yeah. He's uh, outside the top 50 in box snaps. He's got 103 tackles, only four pressures. He's only been targeted 28 times as a free safety. He's got five interceptions, and he's like one of the top IDP assets. Like, I, I just don't understand, like, stat-wise, mathematically, looking at everything or where he's aligned and stuff, like, it doesn't make sense. But it's almost like, like a Winfield kind of deal where he is just everywhere. He just seeks the ball out and goes, so – um, it's been really just a treat to see him do that because I kind of thought maybe not what he was doing to a T, but like, I feel like Grant would have the points that Bates should have, you know what I mean? At least from the beginning of the season, looking inward, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, aside from that, I don't, I don't know because the Panthers offense is absolutely horrible. Like Thielen started off the year really, really hot, but aside from the rushing game with Hubbard, they really haven't had any bright spots. And then they have Bryce Young, whose favorite target in college was his running back. So I don't really know if I like any of the wide receivers. I guess if I had to, I'd go with Phillips just because I don't think he's going to target AJ Terrell. But I mean, I don't even know if he's going to target any. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard, man. The the Carolina offense has been really really poor this year. The the one thing that they have done well is allow pressure. Um, <laughs> but it's not like Atlanta's defensive line is amazing by any means, right? We like we like David Onyemata for DT required leagues. He's been solid. Um, I guess Bud Dupree, like if you're really desperate, like this is not a guy that's an amazing pass rusher by any means, but he's playing enough snaps that maybe he falls into one um, this week. But like you said, credit where credit is due. Jesse Bates has just been, yeah, he's been unreal this year um, playing that deep safety position, just fit in really nicely there. He's been really efficient. So like to see that. And then at the linebacker position, Nate Landman, potentially could be back this week i don't know i didn't see any updates on, on practice today but in case he isn't um andre smith was the guy that stepped in last week so could be another week for andre smith the year but don't have high expectations for him uh, it's not going to be an every down role um playing next to caden ellis caden ellis is the safer option for sure whereas andre smith probably more in that lb three to four range um, again in a non-optimal matchup here against Carolina's offense that just can't get a lot done. Um, so it, it definitely limits the the tackle opportunities. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that one. 
Let's go to the Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. Um, anybody that you want to start with for this, this group? Um, the sticky linebacker situation for the Commanders. I mean, their defense is already in shambles. Um, they got the safety, Cameron Curl, like that. Uh, defensive line, Allen is good to go, Payne, I guess, but their outsides aren't amazing. St. Juice is a target monster. Really good in cornerback leagues, so you can go with him. But I'm not sure if they're going to go with Mayo or Hudson at linebacker. I was actually hoping that you can kind of give some direction on that. <laughs> yeah, it, I, th- I think I'm leaning towards David Mayo. Um, yeah, like you said, because Jamin Davis done for the year now with the, this shoulder injury. So I, I feel like they're probably going to lean David Mayo. But it, last week it was Kaliki Hudson, but I don't think Mayo was uh, available for that game. So that was kind of the the, the difference there. But yeah, well, it just depends, I guess, um, who's going to be healthy. I, it's there's they're both not great options, right? They're not necessarily anybody that I want to start this week, so outside of really the deepest of leagues, because David Mayo I have as the this the second highest ranked Washington linebacker, but as LB forty nine. So um, again, the Rams not a great opponent for the linebacker position, giving up the twenty seventh most tackles per game to the position. So really. It's probably a Cameron Curl, Benjamin St. Juiced, maybe Kendall Fuller, and like you said, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payton, kind of weak for me for, for Washington. Nobody else that I really kind of want to mess with um, from this group. Yeah, um, maybe the slot, uh, Jay Martin, if he's on cup, but I don't I don't really know how many targets he's going to get. They have Nikula. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's yeah, there's not really a lot of options there. It was a really nice defense to start the year, uh, but man, they have uh, they yeah. down to yeah, like nothing. Or I'm just looking, I'm just staring at their roster here, and I'm just like, yeah, Cam Curl, I love. I have the safety five, and yeah, Cody Barton, I guess. Um, it's just yeah, there's there's not options, man. Um, so sorry, Washington fans, but let's move to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and I mean, Ernest Jones, we're leaving him in lineups. He's been great. So he's LB5 for me. Um, Aaron Donald, uh, man, Aaron Donald last week. I, I don't know if you caught any of the Rams Ravens games, but man, he was working his ass off to get a sack against Lamar Jackson last week. Um, apparently he's never sacked Lamar Jackson in his career. And really? you could tell he really wanted it. Um, well, He's never sacked Sam Howell either. So uh, Sam Howell, we know, has an affinity to take sacks. We call him the sack fetishist on this show. And uh, I think there's a decent chance we could see an Aaron Donald um, get his get his sacks, hopefully make up for missed sacks uh, last week and, and deliver with a big week this week for those DT required leagues. I mean, defensive line as well. You're playing Aaron Donald. So um, anybody else for the, the Rams for you? Yeah, pretty much anyone but Aaron Donald is getting sacks on the defensive line, right? <laughs> and then they've kind of had a revolving door at a linebacker, too. Um, Fuller, a decent spot starter. I think he's pretty up there on the team on tackles. Uh, step in the box sometimes, especially with uh, an effective LB2. I don't want to say an effective, at least for IDP purposes. Um, but it is wonky on the week. So, yeah, it is. Um... Yeah, Byron Young uh, has been fine um, as like a low-end kind of edge too, just because he has like this really nice tackle floor and every once in a while he delivers a sack as well. Um, Not as interested in Michael Hoyt this week, although, um, again, against Sam Howell, who 
has been better at, at avoiding sacks, but the, 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 that tendency is still definitely there for him. So if you got those guys, you're in deeper leagues, you might want to take advantage of the matchup um, against Sam Howell. But other than that, I am with you as far as those starters go. Uh, oh, all right, let's move to the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Mace, this is your team here in San Francisco. Um, and so we'll uh, – Let's let's start with them. Um, and you know what? I should give you the uh, the 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 ball here to to get started since this is your team. Who do you want to talk about for 49ers? I want to talk about that rookie safety man, Jair Brown, coming in. And then he, I mean, not even I guess just kind of his first line. And after Huff went down, he calls game, gets the interception, and he's just kind of not been a tackle monster, not like in the way that Jordan Battle was when he came in, but he's really solidifying his role and actually showing a lot of maturity. So I feel like um, they the Niners did go out and sign someone else who wasn't um, really safety because they had Odom go down. It'll come back to me. But anyways, Brown has really solidified himself in that defense. So if you can get him late as like a DB2, DB3, I do really like that. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to agree. Yeah, he's been solid. And that's that's pretty much exactly where I have him in the, in the rankings. I'm a safety 20 this week. Um, and it is, it's a good matchup against the Cardinals, eighth most tackles to the safety position. So, um, yeah, I like the call there on Jair Brown. So go ahead. Sorry, I'll let you keep talking yeah. for you. Um, also, uh, Javon Kinlaw and DT required leagues, if you got to have a DT2 or something, uh, kind of rolling in there. I think Eric Armstead's going to be out. Um, Hargrave's a little banged up. Um, I don't know. I want to ask you about Chase Young. Chase Young is – he was all right. He was the main guy. I feel like on Washington where Sweat, before they both got traded, was kind of eating up what he was putting out there. Um, is there a reason why he's not eating up and Bosa's doing well? Because Bosa kind of started the year without the sacks. Now he's getting them. Uh, I, I feel like you should game plan for Bosa the way you game plan for like a Crosby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just – I don't know. It's kind of weird to me that Chase Young is way better than anyone on the other side of Crosby yet – you can't do anything, right? I, I guess, in a weird sort of way. Yeah, it's been – yeah, I guess the, the, the snap share has definitely been lower than what I expected it to yeah. be. Um, I, I knew it wasn't going to be as high as it was with Washington, but I didn't think it would be that big of a dip where last week he only played 49% of the snaps, right, where they really – look to rotate him in and out and they put Cleland Farrell out there. They put Randy Gregory out there. Um, yeah. Like it, they just weren't playing him a ton. And he, he, I mean, he looked decent on his reps that he got. It's just not, he's just not finishing right now. Right. So that's kind of been the problem. And, and, you know, maybe part of the plan with Chase Young is to kind of keep him fresh and allow him to just kind of be that compliment to Nick Bosa as, as opposed to having like both guys going at it every single snap. Cause Nick Bosa, I think, played like 85% of the snaps last week, right? So they it's not like they're afraid to put <laughs> guys out there for a volume-heavy role. It's just Chase Young still, I guess, maybe new to the team. So um, and Plus, he's got the, the injury history as well. So maybe they don't want to risk that for a playoff run kind of thing. So he, he hasn't been as effective for IDP, I guess, since going to the 49ers, unfortunately. But um, I still like the metrics for him, like the pressure rate, like the pass rush grade. Um, so I have him as like edge 24 this week, but um, yeah, not as excited about him as, as I was, I guess, with the commanders, even though I thought it wouldn't be that big of a, a drop off, but um, there's been at least some drop off, like you said. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this kind of like what you said, they're kind of keeping him on reserve, keeping him on ice a little bit just to go. I mean, they do have, they did sign Gregory before they signed him and he runs me and then Farrell as well. I thought Farrell was going to at least have six sacks. I think he did get one last week, but I think he only has like two and a half this year. 
But um, yeah. So aside from that, I got nothing else in the Niners defense. Fair. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the only other thing, um, Dre Greenlaw was uh, did did not participate in practice today. So Wednesday, that is dealing with ankle, hip injuries. I'm not sure he's been banged up uh, quite a bit this year. So Oren Burks could potentially be um, somebody to kind of keep an eye on. Have your fi- trigger, have your finger on the Oren Burks trigger, I guess. Um, if <laughs> Dre Greenlaw is uh, is not available um, this week for for if he doesn't get in another practice here before the week starts. So um, yeah, that's the 49ers. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals now and start with Arizona. I guess I'll start with Buda Baker because Buda Baker just honestly, he's continued to be really one of the most consistent tacklers at the safety position over the past few years. And this year's really been no exception. I know he's, he's been hurt. He's missed some time, but Currently ranks tied for ninth among safeties who have played at least 50% of the snaps in tackle efficiency. Um, he's hit double-digit tackles in two of his eight games this season. Like I said, missed the chunk of time, but since his return to the lineup in week seven, he ranks fifth among safeties in total tackles with 54. So another really nice matchup for him this week going against the 49ers who are giving up the most tackles per game to the safety position um, at 16.6. So Really, really like this matchup for Buda Baker. I've met safety four this week, and uh, yeah, I think he could he could be a really nice play to to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be the pretty. I mean, I want to say the only guy on the Niners, you know, sheet that they're going to be looking at, but he's definitely going to be the red circle guy. Like, look out for this guy. Um, aside from that, I don't really know of anyone that I truly trust. I do want to give Dante Stills a shout. Watched him at the Shrine Bowl last year. He has done fairly well. He's tied for second on the team in sacks. He's got 17 pressures. Not the, uh, I, don't know, I guess, the most green-colored PFF grades. But uh, <laughs> uh, who on the Arizona defense besides Budabaker is? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if, you, if you have to make a paper airplane and you know throw a dart out there, man, I feel like Dante Stills could be your guy. Nice. I love that. Um, yeah, Dante Stills, solid option there for IDP purposes. Um, and and like you said, 49ers, this is a decent matchup, at least for tackle um, production for the defensive line. They're, they're giving up the six most tackles per game to the defensive line position. So it could be room there for Dante Stills. And yeah, it, it's just about trust with this Arizona defense. And really, outside of Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson in those deeper leagues, Josh Woods, I think, at linebacker. It is a fine option. I have Ms. LB 28. Like I'm not, you know, dying to get him into lineups. But again, if you're looking for, you know, an every down player, then that could be good enough for your your starting lineup this week. And Josh Woods has been that for the Arizona Cardinals um, since Kaiser White has gone out. So for me, at least that wraps up this game. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Kansas City at New England, where I think, oh, what happened here? I think this game was, um, there they are. yeah, this, this, it was flexed. So that this is why I have my stuff all out of order here. Um, is because Kansas city, new England was originally Monday night football. Uh, now they've been flexed out of that spot. So, uh, I'll let you k- kick us off here with these two teams. Anybody that you want to start with on either Kansas city or new England. I just want to state that I like new England, new England's defense has been really good, but Matthew Judon is still tied for first in sacks and <laughs> played since like week four. Right. So like, they're really, really struggling for defensive linemen, man. I thought maybe Dietrich wise would take a step. Uh, Barrymore, I think is kind of promising, yeah. but uh, if you're looking for linemen, I think look elsewhere. Um, Bentley, <laughs> he's, I, I don't really know about him, and I feel like I'd rather have the upside of Tavai if he is going to be in. 
But, um, yeah, I don't – kind of messy there for me. As far as safety goes, though, the real Peppers has been fairly decent for IDP this year, um, especially from a free safety standpoint. I really liked him come out of Michigan. It's kind of just been a process for him, and now he's kind of finally finding it. But I feel like it's at the worst possible time because his head coach might not be his head coach next year. So it's not looking good for a dynasty style. But, I mean, uh, him and Doug are pretty good plug-and-play guys. Yeah, yeah. Duggar and Peppers, um, they've been they've been solid all year long. So like that, and yeah, I'm with you. The the linebacker situation. I mean, Juwan Bentley really again just outside of that LB three range for me. I know he's playing every down, but inconsistent as far as you know production goes. He plays in one of those man heavy defenses that we kind of warn about a little bit for tackle efficiency. So that does hurt him. But Jelani Tavai has been the guy that um, has been more efficient with his opportunities. So could be a decent option, even though it's not you know the, necessarily the most amazing matchup, just kind of a neutral matchup against Kansas City. Um, and yeah, I'm avoiding the defensive line as well, especially against Patrick Mahomes, uh, who does not take a lot of sacks. So um, that is a, a pretty quick and easy look here at the New England Patriots. There's not a ton to kind of go over there. So Talking about the Kansas City Chiefs now, um, anybody that you want to focus on for, for this group? Um, I'm kind of digging George Karloftis, man. Nice. Uh, he doesn't have the best grades, but I, I feel like him being on the side with Chris Jones is really nice because you got kind of got to put the focus on Jones. They call off to do his thing one-on-one -on -one good. Um, Sneed McDuffie, nothing's really changing there. Those guys are both cornerbacks. You got to put them in, I feel like, if you got them. Uh, Bolton came back last week. I wasn't really sure if he was going to get the full or what was going on, but he ended up crushing it. I think he had upwards of eight, nine tackles, something like that. Yeah. Maybe more. So um, full speed ahead there. I think I have him as like LB seven this week, just because I might change that. Um, Gay takes a hit, but aside from Bolton and Carl Loftus and Jones, that's really all I got. <laughs> yeah it's no it is it that, that's what it is like we're, we're at that point in the season where we just don't want to get cute right we, yeah. we want to put the guys in that we we know we can trust we know what their snap share is going to be like that we know what their production floors have been you, there's you know every once in a while you take a high upside swing especially if you're you know maybe an underdog in the matchup or something like that but for the most part we're just we're we're playing the guys that we trust, and and Nick Bolton is absolutely somebody that we trust. Now that he's back in the lineup, we've seen him for a week. Um, we could start him pretty comfortably. Willie Gay, deeper league, sure. Like Drew Tranquil, if he's back this week, do not put Drew Tranquil in your lineups, right? So. We've seen what that usage has been with Nick Bolton in the lineup. Drew Tranquil just hasn't had a role there. So definitely somebody to avoid if he, even if he is active. Um, but yeah, Trent McDuffie, Legereus needs solid corner options. And like you said, George Karloftis has been excellent. And, and this is a nice matchup going against the Patriots. Not a great pass blocking unit there. We got, I think, Bailey Zappi at quarterback. So um, there, there's opportunity there for Carl Loftus. He just, he, again, guy playing quite a few snaps and a high motor guy that we that that hopefully can finish for us um, this week. But outside of that, Justin Reed has been fine. It's not a great matchup. Patriots giving up 27th most tackles per game to the safety position. But you can start Reed in kind of that low-end safety two, safety three range. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, that, that is pretty much it for this game. So let's go to the Dallas Cowboys at the Buffalo Bills. And I'll start with um let's start with the 
Dallas, yeah, the Dallas linebackers, I, I think, are probably the most interesting um, for me this week. And there we go. Boom. Got it. Uh, got the right slide. Um, the, the thing that I think is most interesting for the Dallas linebackers is that these guys have rotated who has been their leading snapshot linebacker pretty much every week. So at least for seven weeks in a row now. So since week seven, they have gone back and forth on who leads the team team's linebackers in snaps. No guy has led the team's linebackers in snaps two weeks in a row. Um, it has literally changed every game between the two. No idea if this is intentional or not, but <laughs> it is pretty annoying for IDP purposes. Um 90% of snaps is also like a rarity for these guys. So they, they typically range from 85 to 70% of snaps on any given week. So week 14, it was Damon Clark that led them in snaps. So maybe that means it's Marquise Bell in, in week 15. <laughs> I really have no idea. And when it comes to that I, kind of unsuredness and and I, I'm just avoiding it, like we said, this isn't a week to, to try to trust these guys, get cued and, and put them in the lineup. It's a great matchup against the Bills, um, who are giving up the third most tackles to the position. But I don't know that we necessarily trust these guys enough outside of deep leagues um, to be putting them into lineups at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I've had a fun time putting Marquis Bell in my safety slot, yeah. kind of laughing as I get points from him. But even with that said, I'm... <laughs> If I can pivot this week to maybe someone that like a Cameron Curl who's coming back to buy or something that I have on my roster, definitely going to go ahead and do that. Um, I don't, like I don't mind Clark, but like you said, they drafted Overshone who didn't even really make the season, and then LVE was the main slash backup plan, and he's out too. So it's kind of just been a mess. And uh, since they really haven't had a solidified linebacker stuff in Clark, they've just been rotating those safeties, like you said, and bringing other guys in the box as well. So yeah, um, yeah. even the actual safeties, Hooker, Wilson, and – was the other guys? Curse, uh, yeah. yeah, they've all been rotating on as well. So it's uh IDP rotational mess. They're all <laughs> yeah. bland though. If I could take a that prize pick ad that you're talking about earlier, if I could go for a pick six on him, I might just put the money <laughs> on that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah aside from that, maybe Lawrence, Parsons always, Armstrong and DT leagues. Yeah, can. yeah. Yeah, this has been uh it's it's a, a really good defense, not yeah. necessarily always the most trustworthy one for idp purposes so um like you said it's it's like playing russian roulette with their linebackers and with their safeties so even in great in a great matchup it's hard to put those guys in lineups this week i'm, I'm trying to avoid them where i can but yeah micah parsons deron bland um solid marcus lawrence has been really good he just hasn't always finished um this this year but he's got a lot of the good pass rush metrics that we're looking for so it could be a play in deeper leagues and and the same thing with osa odigizua in those dt required leagues um is like i think i have him as dt 22 this week so don't mind him either um anybody else for dallas for you or should we talk about buffalo no we can go on to buffalo let's do it so buffalo um hmm. not like a ton here either right so terrell bernard we know is kind of their lone every down linebacker and we, we feel fine starting him i have mess lb 18 this week tyrell dotson he's had his weeks right where he's been productive but again not a guy that is playing in every down role he's not playing on third downs and things like that so that that makes him a little bit shakier um the only thing too that that to keep in to keep an eye on is Micah Hyde, who's questionable. He left last game with an injury. So 
Taylor Rapp may have to play more for Micah Hyde um, if he's not available. I haven't seen anything uh, as far as updates go there. So Taylor Rapp could be somebody um, worth picking up off the waiver wire in a positive matchup against Dallas who's given up the seventh most tackles per game to the safety position. So good for Taylor Rapp, good for Jordan Poyer um, as well. But um, that also, depending on who they trust at safety, could mean more snaps for Tyrell Dodson because they have been replacing him with a safety. Um, So there could be a domino effect there to try to keep an eye on. But I'm still not necessarily trusting Tyrell Dodson this week. But um, yeah, Teron Johnson... Uh, Razul Douglas, definitely great matchup here for them. So I feel good about starting those guys at corner. Defensive line, it becomes a little bit trickier. The, the Dallas offensive line is solid. Um, Dak's done a really nice job um, avoiding pressures and, and and sacks. So Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, more for deeper leagues. Ed Oliver kind of on that lower range of uh, DT1, low, um, high-end DT2 really. Um, again, and not, not the best matchup, but um, anybody for else for Buffalo for you that you want to talk about that I maybe missed or, or that you want to go further on? I mean, if you want to roll the dice, like you mentioned, uh, Leonard Floyd, he's, he's up against Steele. That's the right, right tackle. Worst part of Dallas's line if there was a weak spot. So uh, he's a pressure beast, but doesn't always convert. So it's going to be feast or fam. Nice. Yeah, good point. Um, awesome. Okay, so let's move to Sunday Night Football. It's the Baltimore Ravens. At the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, where we want, where we want to start with this one, Mace? Um, I guess we could go with the linebackers for the Ravens. They got Smith and Queen. I think Smith is questionable. With a, is it his back? Roquan? Uh, something. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I got asked about it today, and I told that person I'd check into it. I'm not really sure. Either way, yeah, um, back, if he's yeah. on the field, I'm putting him in. Patrick Queen pressure as well he's going to get it uh geno stone williams there's one more stevens as well um all been serviceable defensive backs for these guys uh they're just a really good defensive unit kyle hamilton's out but geno stone does have time as well so um see him step in probably guard the tight end and whatnot but uh oh matabuki matabuke oh yeah yeah uh just Dude, this guy is, I don't know, maybe he wasn't on my radar before the season. He came out of nowhere, and I guess it's his contract year. So, like, amazing for him, man. He might have a Sebastian Joseph Day kind of payday next year, hopefully something <laughs> like that. But, um, yeah, aside from those guys, I'm not really playing anyone for them. Yeah, no, I I like that call. Um, like you said, yeah, Roquan, you were right. It was the, it was the back injury. It's one of those things too. Right? I don't know. I, everybody's questionable on Wednesday, so it's hard hard to know what how much stock to put into these kinds of things. But yeah, Roquan's LB one for me this week. If he's playing, he's he's in my lineup. So um, going against Jacksonville as well, giving up the second most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So him and Patrick Queen definitely solid starts this week. Um, and then even, you know, Geno Stone, like you said, could play a role here with Kyle Hamilton out, but not the best matchup for the safety position. Great matchup for the cornerback position. So Brandon Stevens, maybe Marlon Humphrey as well, if you're looking to stream somebody. Um, but yeah, Matabuike, definitely the defensive line target with that sack streak going. Um, and then really you, you, desperation play for, for OA or Clowney, but um, don't necessarily love those guys uh, this week. Um, 
yeah, let's go to the Jacksonville side of things. And again, a, another really nice matchup for the linebacker position because um, the Ravens are giving up the fifth most tackles per game to the linebackers. So Foye Luakon is LB2 for me this week. Devin Lloyd is LB12. So I, I really like both these guys. They've both been super productive, um, and, and we've loved to see that. Love the matchup for Rayshon Jenkins as well. He's safety 14 for me this week. Jacksonville giving up the second most tackles per game to the safety position. Um, so, yeah, Rayshon Jenkins is somebody that I could definitely be starting in plenty of leagues. Um, other than that, though, like Josh Allen, he's been amazing. We're starting him based on his talent and his ability. We, we're, we're, we're starting our studs, but it's not necessarily the best matchup for him. Going against Ronnie Stanley, Lamar Jackson, who we saw slip out of the the, the grasp of Aaron Donald multiple times uh, last week. So that makes it harder for Josh Allen. But again, we're trusting the talent here more than anything, and that's why he pretty much stays locked into lineup. I have him as edge 10 this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving Lloyd's glow up these last couple of yeah. weeks. He's really been doing well. Um, a question, just because I'm not really knowledgeable on it. Out of the two, Alukin and Lloyd, who would be the spy on Jackson? Or do you think they would bring down Jenkins and then move someone to take likely? Because they don't have Andrews in, so it's not like they're starting guys. So that was kind of like my main thing. Like I, I think Jenkins does have a good matchup, but if they end up pinning up against likely, I can see Flowers and Beckham. Beckham's been really hot lately, getting more on the outside. So... Uh, just something to watch out for. I mean, those are the big three that you're probably going to start anyways, right? So, I mean, no harm, no foul there, but just still something to monitor. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know who's been playing spy there more for for Jacksonville when they've had that role. Um, hmm, that's a good one. I, I'd have to look into that to see kind of who has typically done it. Um, and there is a way for me to to kind of pull it up here that we could go through. Um, like next time you're talking, I'll 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 try to find it as fast okay. as I can. But um, yeah, that that's a great call. It could be it could be something to kind of keep an eye on there. Um, but yeah, anything else from this uh, this Sunday night football game for you? No, um, Josh Allen forever, man. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I love Josh Allen. The real Josh Allen, right? No. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Shout out IDP. Um, Josh Allen. Yeah, he's been oh god, so good this year. Um all right, let's move to Monday night football. Oh, and I gotta find that slide because that was the flex one. Monday night football, Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and let's start with let's start with the Seattle linebackers. Um, Bobby Wagner. I have his LB6. He's he's starting no matter what. Jordan Brooks probably the more interesting one because he's been a solid IDP all season. He's LB33 for me this week. Um, respectable 14.2% tackle efficiency, which is tied for 17th, um, even though he hasn't been playing an every down role. And that's really the only thing that hurts him for the most part. Um, this past week, he played 85% of the defensive snaps, which is less than ideal, but it's been the norm for him, right? So, um, I yeah I do like his ability to, to kind of deliver even on that lower snap share is dealing with an injury so maybe that that plays a part into things here um, but it's also not a great matchup going against the Eagles they're 24th in terms of um, yielding tackles per game to the linebacker position so it's been that's actually been even lower over the last three games they're down to 12.7 so Brooks is, is really just kind of on the fringes of starting um, in IDP lineups for me this week, um, just because the combination of snap share and, and the uh, the matchup this week. Yeah, I think I got him in between 30 and 35 uh, ranked this week. Um, looking at the safety position, I see that they're allowing oh wait, the Seahawks. Yeah, so um, thinking about Jamal Adams, that's a guy who I think 
a lot of people maybe weren't in on fully because of the injury preseason. He comes back, he has the one spike game. Aside from that, he hasn't really done much. So maybe this is an opportunity for him too, especially with Jordan Brooks. Uh, like he does kind of sit in that box linebacker tweener role. So maybe that's something that he can do. Um, I honestly just want to see Boye Rafa get a sack or get in the mix, man. It's kind of just been like a tumbleweed in the middle of the desert all of a sudden, man, after a hot start. So um, another one of those kind of straightforward defenses. Um, you said Weatherspoon's got that uh, injury, so Michael Jackson's yeah, going to be stepping in. And then after yeah. that, they have Trey Brown. So um, not really much there. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, because Philly's going to have to pass, I feel like, to get it going. But the best way to attack this defense, I think, is through the run. So I don't, I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it could be a, a nice bounce back week for, for DeAndre Swift, for those managers yeah. that have been waiting on him the past three weeks or so. But, um, yeah, there, there's potential there for for the linebackers and stuff. But, yeah, maybe Jamal Adams as well. Like you said, it's, it's a nice matchup, but he just hasn't really done anything, just kind of been a guy as far as IDP purposes goes. But, yeah, bummer to see Devon Witherspoon injured and a bummer to see the, the Boye Mafe streak um, of sacks come to an end and, and hasn't really done a lot there lately. But, um, yeah, so harder to trust those guys, maybe more for deeper leagues. Other than that, I mean, that that's Seattle. And I was looking at Jacksonville. Like you said, as far as Spy goes, um, they they these are unreviewed numbers right now. We, we review this kind of stuff in the offseason, so nothing official here. But we don't have anybody actually as a spy. We have Foye Luakon being the, the primary hold defender um, in those like cover one looks. So that would be probably the closest thing to it. Um, he's been the guy that's done that probably twice as much as Devin Lloyd has this year. So... Potentially, um, it would be Foye Aluakon, um keeping an eye on Lamar Jackson there, but uh, could be a difficult task. Oh, that's, that's not an easy one, man. <laughs> the Konami quarterback, the guy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably the most difficult task in the league there, him and Justin Fields. Just uh, not guys you want to be chasing down in the no, open field. But if there's anyone who could probably do it, it's going to be him or Lloyd, right? They've been playing yeah. well enough to where they got that good communication. Hopefully, they can figure something out. I hope so. Containing him at least. Containing yeah. him. That's the main him. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Contain him and that that that'll lead to tackles. If you're yeah. facing him in the open field, those tackles they might lead to missed tackles, basically. <laughs> so, Probably so. right. Yeah. Uh but yeah, other than that, let's talk about the the Philadelphia Eagles here to to, to wrap it up. Um not a great matchup for the Eagles linebackers. This is going against the Seahawks here who have given up the fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position. Uh, we saw Shaquille Leonard debut for Philadelphia last week. He's not ranked for me. I don't think he's going to factor in uh, that much this week. Um, at least I don't think so. Again, another situation. We just don't want to risk it. I know he's got the name with um value there but he did not play nearly enough um last week only 17 percent of the defensive snaps so no chance we'll be trusting that here in the fantasy playoffs we did see nicholas morrow and zach cunningham we saw their snaps come down a little bit um with leonard in the lineup so really his presence doesn't do much for him but it maybe potentially hurts the the potential for guys like morrow and cunningham which is they were down near that 80 percent range as far as opposed to every down roll so um makes it harder for me to trust the eagles linebackers as a whole this week how about you any more faith in these guys uh than i have them because the highest one i have ranked is nicholas morrow at lb 37 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think I have Morrow at 40 right now and then Cunningham a little afterwards, and that's just kind of pitter-patter. Um, that was my main question. I was asking about Shaq Leonard. He does have the name. He's got the time, but maybe he's more of a situational kind of guy, almost mm-hmm. like a Drew Tranquil that will come in in certain times, and then he has that head on his shoulders. Or if you have a guy go down, then you can come in and fill that role. Uh, they also have Nicobe Dean coming back, what, next week, maybe the week after? Or no, is he not? Is he out for sure, too? But either way, that's just going to add to more of the mess if it does happen because Morrow and Cunningham, I, were they even on the roster at the beginning of the season? Like, so, I mean, obviously, it's not ideal for the Eagles, even though they are playing fairly well as a whole, like the defensive unit. Uh, Reed Blankenship, uh, he's going to be out as well. Sidney Brown coming in. Yeah, Reed Blankenship, yeah, in the concussion protocol. So, yeah, it could be um, another week for Sydney Brown, fellow Canadian, to get into the lineup there and, and hopefully have a nice uh, <laughs> nice week for, for IDP purposes. Yeah, um, well, I mean, if they're going to – I don't know, I feel like if Geno Smith is, Geno Smith is starting, they're going to have to sling the rock, man. I feel like they really need to. They need to find a presence. They need to get the heat off their running backs. Charbonnet did fairly decently against the Niners last week, but yeah. uh, they, they need to create opportunities for Smith, uh, the Jigba, Metcalf, and Lockett and – Walking needs to keep his head on his shoulders, honestly. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think if you are going to attack this team, it's not going to be through their defensive line. You're going to have to take it to them in the secondary. Yeah, no, or that makes perfect. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And um, yeah, I like I like I like Bayard this week. Uh, he's been great all year. Yeah. Um, so I have him as like safety eleven, and then. Whether it's Blankenship or, or Sidney Brown, I probably have him just outside that range in that safety two spot, um, inside that top twelve or top thirteen to, to top twenty um, safeties for me in the rankings. And then, yeah, Hassan Reddick is the most reliable um, Eagles defensive lineman. Obviously, he's been excellent all season. He's edge nine for me. Josh Sweat outside of that range, he's edge thirty four. Brandon Graham, I mean, we're really getting into deep leagues here. If we're, we're starting Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, solid, but like DT 16 for me. So not like a, a must start by any means. Again, not the most amazing matchup here against uh, Geno Smith. And, and as far as tackle floor goes, Jalen Carter doesn't necessarily have that um, to help him out either. So other than that, anybody else for uh, this Monday, Monday night football game um, that you want to talk about? Just how happy you think Byard was when he heard the news that he was being oh, traded God. from a team that was rebuilding to the, I mean, he's playing like a guy who got traded from a rebuilding team to a guy, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, just, that's, I don't really like the Eagles personally, but that's been really cool to see from an IDP standpoint, kind of revitalizing him, just getting him back into it. And now all of a sudden I had him like 20, 30 ish. Now I'm kind of considering him in the top, you know, like from eight to like 20 at any given yeah. time. So it's cool to see. Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, going from Tennessee to, to Philadelphia and no I like I mean Tennessee, like they've had their competitive seasons and then they're still, you know, kicking around this year, but it's not the same thing as, as playing for the Eagles, right? Like they're one of the top contenders here in the NFC. So it, it makes a big difference and uh definitely somebody that they they needed. Their, their safety yeah. core was 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 hurting. So um yeah, nice to see that uh, for Kevin Byard here. But um yeah, man, that that is going to wrap up the uh, week 15 slate first week of the fantasy football playoffs. And look at us, Mace, coming in under an hour and 40 minutes. That's how you get it done, getting the information out there as quick as possible when you have all uh, 32 teams playing. So thank you, Mace, very, very much for coming on here. And yeah, just delivering all kinds of information and helping me through this this week. I, I really do appreciate it, man. You crushed it. Uh, can't thank you enough. Yeah, hey, thank you for the opportunity, man. I hope you give me another shot down the road, uh, especially on a week as dire as this. I know you got a big following. So I'm, I'm just blessed to be here. I'm happy to be a part of the community. 
I'm always open for questions or anything like that. And anyone who's been rocking with me, thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we'll have you back for sure. Um, it's been a pleasure to get to talk to you. This was our first podcast together. So uh, <laughs> it's very nice to get to talk to you. And, and I'm glad that we could get you on as well. So uh, before you go, do please let everybody know uh, where they could find more of you and your work as well. Yeah, so um, I'm a ranker and writer over at Fantasy Six Pack, and I'm on the Fantasy Pros ECR, and I'm also a featured writer there. I talk for some of their stuff, IDP and offensive. So. Awesome, man. And for the folks looking for Mace on Twitter, uh, he is at CaliKing49 or 17 on or Twitter X, whatever. Um, <laughs> you can find him there. Um, and he's he's a, a great Twitter follower as well. Great tw Twitter follow as well. And, and I'm sure happy to answer IDP questions as well. So great stuff, Mace. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, good luck in the fantasy football playoffs. It is going to be a grind. You're going to get through it week by week. We're, we're going to keep coming back here, previewing these weeks, going over the top matchups. So thank you all to li for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the PFF Fantasy YouTube channel. Um, and again, if you're looking for more of my work, it's all up on PFF.com. we got the IDP Fantasy Report, IDP Rankings. Both of those links are in the episode description as well. You can check those out uh, now. And yeah, again, good luck in the fantasy playoffs. And until next time, peace out.